This podcast is brought to you by Church of Living Waters. Find out more information at colw.info. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Amen. Let me just pray. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you that you're here. God, I pray, Father, the next few minutes as we um, open the word, Father, as we speak, God, that um, I humble myself, Father, and, and know that, God, my words will do nothing but your words, Father, can change, transform, deliver, set free, God. So, Father, we continue to yield to you. God, you're the one. You always will be the one, Father, and we'll be the ones that are going to be following you. I think you, as Bob was speaking, and they were speaking about the body of Christ, Father, that your body is everywhere. God, that there is an army, God, in every country, God, every state. And, Father, that many, God, are going out and doing your purpose and your plan. And, Father, we will see that baby completely transformed, completely changed, God, completely moved because the birth is fixing to happen, and and your church will be prepared and ready. In Jesus' name, amen. Just a few minutes this morning, I know that we have our time. Last week, I spoke just a few few minutes about transformation, and um, I praise the Lord, transformation needs to be in every one of our lives. We're not in here just because it's nice air conditioned, because it's a nice place, because nice people are sitting next to me. We're in here because we're being led by the Lord. We're lifting up his name. We're worshiping him. We're receiving, but we are all being transformed. Amen. I'm thankful that when we became a Christian, we became the head and not the tail. Deuteronomy says that. And I'm so thankful that God has called us all the head here this morning. And when I say that, that he is the head, we're the body, we're following, but we should not allow the school that we're in to dictate who we are in Christ. We shouldn't allow our workplace to get me to change anything that I am about who I am. We're the head. We should be able to go in those places and, and everything should start changing because we have the light illuminated in our lives. And if it's not happening, we need to make sure that we are preparing ourselves that it's going to happen. Um, this week, I stand in front of 60 new prisoners and um, all of them were coming in and um, I'm going to be teaching them the next three months. And the first things that I start saying is that I praise the Lord for this Bible. Now, many of you know it. Many of you have it. And we're going to get deep into it. But let me tell you something, that it's going to be a demonstration that every one of us is going to see that this Bible is the truth. (laughs) That we're not just going to read about it. We're going to see miracles in our lives. We're just not going to read things that happened a long time ago. This is just not a history book. This is a book for right now. And if you don't believe this, this is okay. You have to be in this class anyway. But I'm not just going to just give you just what, as a teacher, I'm going to believe that God is going to move and he's going to move with power. Let me just say this. Church Living Waters is not a church that we can just do good things. I praise the Lord. Going out and feeding the poor is a good thing. We're not just going out feeding the poor, doing a good thing. We want to do a God thing by we want to lead the poor to Jesus. There's a lot of good things going on. 
And in this world, there's going to be a lot of, of churches that are going to move very strong to being good. But they're going to be not God. And I, I don't say that lightly. I say that in warning that we have to always know that when we go out, we go out in his name. And when we go out in his name, then we are to expect miracles. Then we are to expect people to be set free. Then we are to expect. And how can we expect those things if we don't ever call out for those things? Do you hear what I'm saying? We can go feed the whole, guess what? The Bible says there's always going to be poor amongst us. We can go out and feed every day the rest of our lives and not see one person come to the Lord. And the reason why is because not one of us has shared the message. I'm here to say this morning that we are aligned as a church. And the people before us and the people that are here in the current body, we're not here just to do good things. We're here to do God things. We're not just here to be halfway free. We're here to be free, completely free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We're not just here just to be halfway. And, and you might say, well, pastor, I'm just new here. Well, thank you for coming. Thank you for being new. Now get ready, get prepared because transformations come into your life because sir or ma'am that are new, you are needed in God's kingdom. I had a brother tell me just... Just the other day, we're, we're living in the end times. And that's some revelation that he's received and something that he's doing. But yes, we're living in the end times. We're very soon. A line is going to be drawn. And the ones that have not received him and accepted him as Savior will not inherit the kingdom of God. And if we could just clearly have that start becoming a revelation in our lives, that maybe my family members or maybe my co-workers or maybe the ones around me in my class. I'm not here just to be cool. I'm not here just to speak a good little word, go out and have a nice little meal. I'm standing at this pulpit with many as a lesser summer all stood here in faith. As a pastor, Gene Frank stood here and gave his life to the Lord. I'm standing here saying that we are moving into a season of time, a period of time where there's going to be a demonstration of God's power. And it's not just going to come just because we go out there and it just comes to us. It's going to come because there are going to be a people that are going to be hungry and thirsty and fasting and believing that God is going to move. It's not going to be a time where we're going to have to do a lot of things because, see, at the very first, a man's going to be able to be lame and he's going to walk. And the many of the people are going to see that and they're going to come because of the demonstration of God's power. And we'll be able to disciple many. But, but I have to say this. Because, see, the last few weeks, I've been standing boldly asking, saying we have 50 men that have just received Jesus Christ in prison. And the greatest thing that they need is on Tuesday nights, they need someone to come disciple them. And for the next few months, can you give an hour and a half on Tuesday night to come and disciple someone that's been a brand new Christian, that's starving, that's hungry? And only one man has come to me. And the man is, that's come to me, he's doing so many things that, that he can't even go another night. See, we have to understand that we are the people. 
We are God's people. If people are going to get discipled, it's going to be me and you. And I know that we're a body and that we're doing many things, but there are people sitting amongst us that are available and open for Tuesday night. And, and a lot of times we think, well, well, Pastor, I don't have enough. You're just going to have to open up your word. This person is going to be so hungry, they're going to pull things out of you. And so, you know, we have to know that we're both sides. The reason why there's not many people flooding into that, that there's, there should be 50 people in this ministry saying, I'm going to do that on Tuesday night. If we really had a revelation of the end time, if we really had a revelation of doing God things instead of good things, if we had that revelation, see, so much can come, and I'm going to speak, I just want to share this. I had so much fun, so so much good things in my life. I played Little League Baseball, all of these things. I did all of this stuff, but still, somehow, some way, my mom and dad still was able to minister every day of their lives. So if we were at the baseball park, which my dad never missed a game that I played, my dad then said, okay, Tuesday night, I'm going to be at the baseball park. My son's going to play baseball. But around him, he was sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Do you see that? We can't just... Go into what the world's going to have and just enjoy and just sit back. We have to be prepared and ready to see people right where they are and to let his light illuminate in us. Are you with me this morning? I wanted to talk just a few minutes about some responsibilities that we have as Christians to obtain freedom. See, there is freedom. What Jesus did on the cross, he stepped on the head of the enemy And the enemy is no longer, has no power. He's been dethroned, disarmed. Am I speaking to anybody? But we allow him to rise up and we allow him to do so many things. See, we have freedom that's given to us. But are you free? I can speak about freedom in faith and I can believe about freedom. But there's some responsibilities for me to gain freedom. Amen? I'm not just going to get freedom just by coming to church and just having a nice time. I have to do some evaluation in my life. I have to see things in my life that doesn't please God. There are things this week that we've been involved in that do not please God that you would no way want to come up and share what, what you've been involved in. And those kind of things are holding us back from being free, holding us back to being those ones. And those are the things that takes responsibility for us to walk out of. It's real easy to shout, amen. Come on. But it's difficult to walk out. To walk through. Talk about some responsibilities, just a few things this morning. You know, of course... If friends are to embrace the kingdom of God, and that's why we're here, for the people around us to embrace the kingdom of God, that's, that's why my heart's beating. I'm not going to move as, as I'm leading into a good church. I want to be a godly church. I'm telling you, always in front of me, God always puts things in front of me. We will never do another Um, fire on the altar without praying for the sick that are amongst us. See, boy, the fire on the altars have been amazing. Praise the Lord. 
But see, God always puts things in front of us by aligning us and, and moving us forward. If, if I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be, I don't even need Jesus today. Yeah? See, I'm not where I need to be. I need a Savior. I need Jesus to come into my life to continue to align me. Because guess what? I can get real lazy. I have a chair that I can put my legs back on. And I'm telling you, when I get into that chair, it just feels like I'm floating. Be careful buying one of these chairs. Boy, then the draft can go on and the draft's not just... The NFL draft, that's just not 30 picks. It's 300 picks, you know. It lasts for three days. A lot of things can grab us. That's why we have to continue to align ourselves. That's why I'm always an advocate to be here on Sundays. Let Sunday align us for the week. Amen. Let me go through these. The first one is that we have to seek the king for ourselves. If you want to be free, you must learn how to seek the king for yourself. This means you have to let grace rule in your life. You either, have, you either live by grace or you live by addiction. And there's no in between. And a wrong dependence upon others for their approval, their control, and the attention. See, there's a lot of people preaching in a pulpit and they're building their kingdom. And it's good, and it's cool, and it's fun, and it's, it feels good. And boy, we go out and we high-five, we go out to eat. But many people are not being transformed in those type of places. Because men are being lifted up, and it feels good, and people can come in. But there's going to be a time in those men's lives that they're going to be squeezed, that none of that's going to be enough. That they're going to have to meet God. And if it doesn't, I pray that that happens here on this earth because if it doesn't, they'll stand in front of God, a righteous judge of how they've led people to a good thing. We have to be careful. I'm teaching a class on Wednesday nights about an orphan spirit. The enemy's main tactic is to break up the family. We know that. And he started with Adam. Who was Adam? Adam was what? Luke says, the son of God. Isn't that amazing that he's called son? Isn't that amazing that we're called son, that we're called daughter? And the enemy wants to break that up. He started where? In the garden. He wanted to create what? Orphans. He wanted to separate who? Adam and Eve from God. And I'm telling you, when sin came in, that separation came to Adam and Eve. And many, many consequences. Many, why would the enemy want to do this? Why would he want to continue to create orphans? And you know, if we're an orphan and all of us have been that at some point of our lives, then we're seeking approval. I'm all for preaching this morning just to hear some of you say, good job, pastor. And if you don't come to me and say, good job, I go home and I'm like, oh, man, I messed up today. <laughs> There's many pastors that that's how they feel. They have Mondays is the worst day in a pastor's life. But see, when you know that you're a son of God, every day should be the same. When you know that God's given you something to say, maybe you've messed up with some of the words you've used, but the message has come across and he'll do the rest. If you're just depending on me, 
you're looking at the wrong person. I can't lead you anywhere. We can go to, I can lead you to Golden Corral. (laughs) But if you're going to look at me in his kingdom, submitting myself to him, we can see God's kingdom come. A huge responsibility that we have to know is that we often hear congregation churches attend and we hear that the pastor about how he feeds them. Oh, well, pastor so-and-so, he feeds the flock very well. Man, I'm going to have to leave because I'm just not getting fed anymore. You hear this about what happens on Sunday for, what, 25 minutes. And first of all, if I'm only eating 25 minutes a week, I'm not going to make it. Not any person in here is only eating 25 minutes a week. I know that. But, you know, I remember feeding my children and helping my wife. And, you know, the little airplane with a little spoon of green beans, which smelled terrible. It looks like my kids saying, Dad, you taste it. You know, no, I'm not. It's yours. Flying it into their mouth, asking them to open it up. That's when they were babies. I'm not doing that to Christina now. She's 18. I'm not still feeding her. She's learned how to feed herself. A responsibility of, of getting freedom is that I can feed myself. I praise the Lord that I can come in and sit and receive from other men and women of God. I can come and receive. But I'm not only here just eating 25 minutes a week. I'm eating on Monday. I'm eating on Tuesday. If you want to receive freedom in your life, you have to understand that the importance of being able to feed yourself, being able to stand on your own, and that, hey, if pastor just has a a, a terrible message, which sometimes happens, it's not my whole life's pinning on it. Maybe, Maybe there's a time that you're going to be able to receive, and maybe there's a time that you're going to know, hey, pastor, I need to pray for him this week. I'm telling you, standing at the pulpit every week. It's not an easy thing to do. But I'm thankful because, see, in most pulpits, many people look at the pastor, and if he falls, the people fall. I'm thankful I'm not standing in one of those kind of pulpits. But I'm standing in a pulpit that, boy, is... We we heard this today, and I just wanted to share this. That song, Consuming Fire. Oh, believe me, when a consuming fire comes, you don't want to have anything to do with it. Have you ever been burned? But that's what this pulpit is. It's a consuming fire. If I play with it, can't play with this pulpit because of the people before us. I'll be burned, and it will be burned off of me, and I'll be here next week saying, guys, I repent. I'll be on this altar all week if I feel, do you hear what I'm saying? We have to learn how to feed ourselves. The other thing is, the second thing, I'm going to give you four quick things to fulfill the one another commands with a few. And this is what I'm going to, I mean by that. If you cannot be church with your spouse, or if you can't have church with just a few people, then what you come and do here is fake. Ephesians 4, 5, 15 says this, But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, 
for whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love, is one of the most important one another commands, although that phrase is not being used in this passage. The word whole body, every joint supplies, every part does its share, are used, and the meaning is very clear. If we do not speak the truth to one another in love, there is no maturing body that's happening. And I just want to be clear with this. See, if we just come in and we get rubbed, if we're not man enough, if we're not God enough to go how the Lord tells us to go, then no one's growing. If I'm just going to be completely offended because you looked at me wrong, and, and all of this is going on, then we're just a very immature body. The Lord is wanting to rise up His body where He's the head. And this is something I wanted to share. If we cannot just have church with two or three of us, then coming together in church like this is not the real thing. See, Blake and Crystal came this morning and, and prepared for worship, but what they did is they had church this morning. See, on Thursday nights when the men come together and meet, they have church. And it's a small, intimate group. People want to shy away from small, intimate groups because there's not responsibility of being free in those type of, the bigger groups. You can come, you can amen, you can do what you want to do, but most people don't even know your name. The Lord is looking to and fro. And my heart has been broken. Again and again. Because our city, there are many that are dying without Jesus. And the Lord is looking for His army to rise and to take responsibility of what He's called us in. And in taking that responsibility, we have to know that every time we come together, that's why Brandon can say at the thrift store, we're going to have church and it's just two or three of us. See, it is intimate to have church with two or three of us. Go home, sir, and have church with your wife. Ask for the power of God to come into your home. Have church with your children. Have a worship time. Just so many things of worship. Blake and Crystal have a, a mighty CD. Brandon has a mighty. All you have to do is put that CD in and have worship. If it's not happening like that, and we're getting 25 minutes of word, an hour and 15, hour and a half of, a, of an environment of church, and that's all we're having, we're going to be starving Christians. And we're not going to be able to help anybody. People are going to need help, and they're going to need help by people that are feeding themselves, building themselves up, have fellowship that's, that's speaking the truth. See, I can boldly proclaim and boldly speak but when an usher came to me sitting right over in those seats over there at 18 years old and says, Darren, I want you to know I love you. But I have to tell you this. You talk all during the service. And there are people all around you that I watch every Sunday that come and they're trying to listen, but you distract them. I have to just say this because I love you, son. You have to stop talking. Come on. I wanted to just rise up and say, hey, do you know who my dad is? <laughs> That's why many pastors' kids are not pressing into the kingdom of God. 
because they didn't have ushers. They didn't have others in their life coming and speaking to them in love. And they saw their parents get so caught up in ministry (laughs) and caring for so many people that they didn't feel that care in their family. See, the care comes from the body. The children that came up here this morning, some of them don't have fathers. Some of our youth ministry, the youth come and their moms and dads both are asleep on Sunday mornings, but they rise up by themselves. They get dressed and they come to church. That's a miracle when I see that. We thank the Lord for that. But see, we have to be the fathers. We have to be the mothers. We have to be the ones that are encouraging those ones that don't have that, that are coming against. Coming, coming against all of, all of their, their family and saying, no, I'm going to continue to do what God's called me to do. It's important that we have church amongst others, that we come together, amen, and just can have church with two or three of us. Of some of the greatest things that I've received in Church Living Waters is in the men's group at Ro- when Roger, when he speaks truths. And, um, and the truths are amongst about 10 or 15 of us. And you can't just get out of it. You know, it like hits you. And you look around and no one's, you know. It's that smaller group saying, we're having church together. And this is how we're growing. When was the last time you spoke in love to someone? Come on. I pray this. That if you see something in my children. I got some now that are older than 18. You're, you're welcome to go to them in love. If they're younger than 18, you come to me and my wife. And we don't just do that. We do it because there's, there's authority of the home. But we want to hear it. Because there's things that we don't see. I have blind spots. And I actually had a wreck one time because I moved into the other lane and I didn't see the car. See, the blind spots in the kingdom of God should be looked at by a brother or sister that can speak the truth in someone's life. And then a person that's willing to hear the truth. A person that's willing to receive that you're my brother. And although you're coming at me, I'm going to receive this usher. The greatest lesson I've learned in ministry was an usher that loved me. And I'll stand even when I'm thinking today and say, there are people around me that need you, Jesus. I do not want to distract. God, let me fall down. Let your light shine. Come on. Are you with me today? Just the third one. The third thing that we have to know in responsibility of of getting freedom is that we have to disciple our own children. If you cannot disciple your own children, how can you disciple the nations? If you do not have relational integrity with your own children, with whom do you have it with? If you fail as a father, what other successes matter? One of the reasons that so many children of Christian homes do not follow Jesus as they become adults is that their parents have pursued Christian life and ministry as a business rather than a relational activity. They've pursued Christianity as a tradition. We go to church on Sundays. But they see mom and dad fight all the way to church. And they see them in separate beds every night of the week. See, those type of things... It's not lifting up, coming to a place that we're being transformed. 
It's not lifting up. Jesus is, is the center of our lives. And although we have these things going on, because when you get married, guess who tries to break it up? The enemy. It doesn't matter if you've been married 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years. If he can get someone at 50 years, he's really accomplished something. He's coming against marriage because he's wanting to break up a family. That's his key thing, to break a family up. If he can break mom and dad up, he's got his foot in. We have to know that. We have to know this, that I'm responsible more than anything for my bride and for my family. And as responsibility of seeking freedom, that I have to gather my children together around the table and I have to disciple them. And in discipling them, many times there has to be correction, there has to be discipline. And there's a big difference between discipline and punishment. Discipline is something that I'm, I'm speaking into them in love. Yes, I'll use the belt if I need to use it. Yes, I'll, yes I'm not afraid. The foolishness that's in, driven in the heart of a young person needs to be driven out by the rod. I praise God for the rod. I got it, and I got it well. I talked to you this. I had a belt that my mom and dad dipped in this anointing oil. I'm like, come on. <laughs> They kept it wet. <laughs> and I'm telling you, the last spanking I got was when I was 18 years old. And I needed it. I had a dad that loved me and he would do anything to align me. Because he knew the consequences of my life. See, we're still raising the same children, but some reason, now children are more like adults, even younger having phones at little young ages, and we're talking to them. Oh, you don't know my child. She's seven. All I have to do is talk to her. I don't have to spank her. No, she just aligns herself to, yes, praise the Lord for her, but there's many that no way align themselves. Maybe she's seven years old and she's got you fooled. <laughs> well, that sounded strong, didn't it? All those amens, like, woo, I've said something there. I don't even know what I said. <laughs> but at seven, guess what I needed? I didn't really need talking to. I needed a hug, and I needed my bottom spanked. And I changed. It changed me. We have to learn in receiving freedom. And being part of that freedom, that we're responsible for our children. Come on. If we're just bringing them to children's church and we feel that's all they're going to get for the Bible that week and we're not giving it to them ourselves, then we're fooled. Um, just yesterday, me and my wife are sitting. We, have, we bought something in the auction of the Christian school of a video um, of us... Um, Looking back at Christina's because she's graduating this year, man, the guy came. He's boy, he's professional. We got video all around us. You know, I, I was thinking, man, am I ready for this? You know, I mean, it took him thirty or forty minutes to set up the set. You know, so we sit down there and he's got things that move. You know, I'm like looking at it. You know, like, and he asks us a question and he says this. He says, "What have you and your wife?" have been praying for in Christina's life the last 18 years. But, and boy, me and my wife, we just start bawling, you know, like, oh, no, what? We weren't even expecting all of these tears to start coming up, seeing one of our children growing in God. But I'm so thankful 
Because even this morning, the Lord's speaking to me still about Christina and the school that she's going to, how, how she's not going to be someone that's going to stand up on the lunch table and preach the gospel. That's not who she is, and that's fine. But she's going to not be moved. That when worship happens, her hands are going up because she understands the creator and she understands the worshiper. Amen. And mine and Gamila's responsibility is to continue in her no matter how old she is. Parents don't just quit at 18. That's probably when we start really working the hardest. Amen. All right, let me just finish because I want to release you. You receiving anything today? The main test of eldership is character. As seen in the family and testified to it by the world around. Our children and the people we do business with are not impressed by our public prayers. Not impressed by how good I can preach. Not impressed of what I say. They're more impressed with who I am. They're more impressed by my character. How I treat my wife. How we pay bills. How we see things when they get difficult. The integrity that we have. The last thing, fourth thing, to multiply your relationship with the king through making disciples. So I've given you four things this morning about responsibility of being free. Just sitting in these pews, it could do this because it's happened to some. This is like an oven. The kingdom of God is here. And it's here because many people have come hungry and thirsty for God. And so you could be like cookie dough going into the oven and a cookie could come out because the heat is on. But let me tell you, if you're not moving and wanting to receive freedom, then you're going to jump out of the oven because it's hot. So I have seen people just insert themselves and say, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to go to those chairs. I'm going to be part of that radical church until something starts happening in me. And they didn't miss a Sunday. They didn't feel it. They didn't want to stand up. But they were here, and they were inserted into the oven of God's presence. And now many of those are the ones that are dancing around because they've been set free. They've taken responsibility. There's no way that I can have transformation happen in my life if I'm not being a doer of the word. I start, I'm going to finish where I started last week. That if I'm just here and I'm just listening and I'm hearing all of these things, but I'm not doing things and not only doing good things, but doing God things. Let it start with doing some good things and get around some people doing some God things. And you're going to see a great difference. You're going to see healing start happening in some of those homeless meetings. You're going to see transformation start happening. I don't believe that every man should be homeless for the rest of their lives and we should be feeding them forever. Now, we might need to feed them for a while. I'm not against that. I'm for it. But I'm foreseeing transformation happen in their lives because when we lead them to Jesus Christ, everything changes. How are you right now? Where are you at? Are you completely free? Are you where you need to be? Be careful in that. 
Because Jesus will just pass you up. Because he's looking for the hungry and the thirsty. He didn't come for the well, he came for the sick. That doesn't mean that we can't be maturing, growing people. But what that means is that we need to have a hunger and thirst for God. And to understand that his righteousness only comes in and through him. How are your children right now? I say that. And I watched my mom and dad lead us. I saw my mom and dad have a son, my brother, that was an alcoholic. And I saw people in the church come against them saying, you can't even lead your own child. How can you lead us? A lot of things. They didn't see the prayers. They didn't see. So I'm not here judging you on what your 25-year-old son's doing. But what are you doing with it? Don't give up. Don't accept sin. Don't let it live in your home. We're dealing with something different at 14 than 25. If I start allowing it and accepting it in my home, then I'm accepting sin. And I start standing in the wrong way. See, son, at 25 or whatever age you are, I'll be speaking this to my children. If you want to do that, if you're going to go down that road, it's going to hurt my heart. And if it hurts me, it's going to hurt God. But I know that there's nothing that I could physically do. If I could, I would have done it to stop that. But let me tell you this. You're going to go off on that road, and I'm going to let you go. But I'm going to look for you every day of your life. And when you come back, we're going to celebrate. See, it's easy to read about that. But I'm telling you, there are many parents in this room today that are looking. Kind of like Jesus, God is looking as a father. I just want to be an encouragement. What are you doing? Are you continuing to look or have you given up? Are you pressing in? Are you believing? Are you praying? Sometimes we have to go to another brother and we have to just say where we are. I said something to my wife this week. I need to talk to a brother because I need healing in this in my life. Sometimes with the body, we need to know that we need that two or three people that we can have church together with. I believe this. I believe that God is stirring the water. I know that the time is running short. And I know that many things are fixing to happen. And I want to be in the front of it all. I want to be part of it. I don't want to miss the mark in this last hour. I want to be there. I want to receive freedom. I want to receive freedom. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come up today. I know that it's a few minutes late. The good thing about the buffet is that after everyone eats it, they have to bring a new thing of food. And a lot of times it's fresh. So I don't want to. I do want to honor your time. I'm thankful for it. But today, I know this, that there are people here that need to continue to make a decision. As my wife said, I'm making a decision, God, not to fit you into me, but I want to fit myself into you.
You don't have to change to be part of my life. God, I don't want to just have you just ride with me. I want to ride with you. I just want you to stand this morning. Also, there's a promise. I know there's some guys tired in here today. There's, some, there's a promise in this body that if the truth is spoken, that there's always a demonstration of God. If you need healing in your Bible and your body, <laughs> what I was going to say, I said it all in one sentence. If the Bible is spoken, it's truth. If you need healing in your body this morning, you'll receive that. I've made a decision. And I'm thankful because I work so well with people. I'm not so gifted, so talented. I need people around me. But I've made a decision that if all the people fall that are around me, I will continue to walk forward in his kingdom. I've made that decision. I will not let this world dictate my time. I will not let it dictate my relationship with the Lord. I will not let my job. Yes, I understand we need to work. I understand we need to support but I will not let it dictate my relationship with Jesus Christ. If I get to get up an hour earlier or stay an hour later, I'm going to do it because he's important to me. There are people here that need prayer this morning. I just want to ask you just to come receive. These men and these women are powerful prayer warriors. They're not just going to pray for you once. They're going to pray for you this week. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We pray you were encouraged and would love to hear from you. For more information on Church of Living Waters, check out colw.info.